I am Dr. Lamont Repolette, New Jersey's Commissioner of Education. Welcome to the DOE Digest, a podcast from the New Jersey Department of Education. It is a platform for information exchange in which the department will highlight the work being done by innovative and transformative educators around the state. I have been working to redesign the Department of Education to what I call NJDOE 2.0. This podcast is one of the ways that we utilize our digital platform to help strengthen teaching, leading, and learning, and increase educational equity for the 1.4 million students across New Jersey. I hope you enjoyed today's topic. Welcome to the DOE Digest. I'm your host, Ken Bond. Student voice means many things, but a central theme is elevating students to the center of our work as educators. The first portion of this episode was recorded with participants from New Brunswick High School at Rutgers University Graduate School of Education's Hip Hop Youth Research and Activism Conference. Hi, my name is Yesenia Infante. I'm a social studies teacher at New Brunswick High School. So I became introduced to the National History Day project from my supervisor. He introduced it to everyone in our department at New Brunswick High School, and he asked us if we would like to participate in it last year. So I presented it to all my students, and I found these five students who were really interested in creating a project and conducting historical research. So they thought about the different things that they care about or different questions that they have. So the students were really interested in doing something about their community because they wanted to learn more about New Brunswick. They all really love New Brunswick and are proud to be from New Brunswick. So they thought about questions that they have about why their community is the way it is. And one of the questions that came up is, why is everyone who attends our school Latino or black? So they decided to start researching that and they found the rich history that exists between our community and North Brunswick and Milltown. Once they had a list of questions, we talked about where they could go to find those answers. And then we went to those places. If more questions came up, they added them to the list, and then they tried to find new sources that they could use to answer those questions. So we went to the Public Library, the New Brunswick Library, the North Brunswick Library. We went to the Rutgers Library, and then they just started interviewing locals and asking them questions and just, it was basically snowball sampling, figuring out who can we talk to to figure out the answers to this. My name's Montserrat Alvarez, and I'm a junior at New Brunswick High School. When we started this, we had less time than everybody else who participated, and most of these schools were not new to this project. They have done it for several years now. We had a lot of support of our teacher, but then after that, we, you know, letting loose until we had the, the way of it, the flow of it, and then we basically took time all together to like participate and just like go out and find research, and that's how we started by leading the project. We made like a little agenda of all the things we needed, like pictures, information, newspaper, interviews, and that's how it was led. And then after that, we had a lot of support of our classmates that were watching us stay after school, come like during our lunch to work on it, and just be there in the hallways outside, working for hours and hours and hours. That's how we led it. It was different because we've, me personally, I've never done a project that was my choice, my like do whatever you want, go for it and people are gonna see it, people are actually gonna take their time to like read it and understand it. It felt it felt great honestly. It just feels good knowing that as as a student and as a like as a Latina you have a voice and you have something to say to others and not only about you personally but like about your community. Like I wasn't born here but I was raised here and it just means a lot for me that I could say like I know my history in a way. My name is Jennifer Robles. I'm a junior in the Brunswick High School. 
first when we started working together none of us knew each other like we didn't like maybe we like interacted at some point but we weren't really friends so it like brought us closer together and we would spend a lot of time researching and we could like pick and choose what we want we could uh, choose the videos the um, pictures the music so we had more freedom to express ourselves than if the teacher had given us the information we were able to express ourselves fully through the documentary we presented to different colleges and we even presented it to elementary school students so like it really inspired them and it showed them that they could also do the kind of work that we do so i, I think it's like really reward rewarding for us because it like shows us that we can like make a change and people are listening and interested so i think i remember the most presenting to the little kids they were like they they had a lot of questions and they were like really excited little kids don't have that role model like they think that like grown-ups are the only ones that could do these um, big things but then like we have us like we didn't even like have anything beforehand when they like see us present it's like I guess like a, we're like role models to them. my name is Dwight Pumarol I am a senior in New Brunswick High School we teamed up we basically went to these places just to have fun it wasn't something that our teachers needed us to make it was our option it was our choice to do this so we pushed ourselves to do it and we had fun in the process. Mostly everything we found were newspapers. Very rarely we found good pictures that we could actually use on the video. Some things included uh, riots that were occurring at that time, maybe some teacher opinions or teacher-involved issues that were happening. Uh, at times we actually got the opinions of the students who were in those events that were happening at that time. But mostly it was just hard data. So most of the findings were about related to the Brown v. Board of Education case. That case I decided that all schools were going to be integrated uh, at that time and this caused a lot of turmoil between everybody and eventually what happened in New Brunswick High School was that the, um, the school actually got segregated once more uh, by the commissioner and they, the Caucasian students went from New Brunswick High School to North Brunswick High School and this caused, again, segregation in, in the school, and this is what, since then, we've been living through. This is what makes it difficult for us to actually have a diverse education and experience. It affects how we're gonna interact when we actually reach these diverse groups in society. Hello, my name is Diana Matamoros. I'm in 11th grade at New Brunswick High School. So one of the main big reasons we wanted to hit this topic was because of the change we wanted to make upon peoples and our community, especially New Brunswick. We wanted uh, we wanted to let people know that, hey, like this wasn't this like this before, like there was a change. One of the main differences that we saw upon our project was that people started to see like things aren't like as they seem like. We wanted to know like why everybody segregated, how North Brunswick came upon, how um, Milltown started, and that's where like people started to see like the differences of like how change has come, like throughout the years. We can also see the differences in our community within, by the education that happens, by the different types of rules that we have like with other communities as well. Another thing that we saw that impacted the community was how they saw New Brunswick. They really caught on to our research, which we are very grateful for. After interviewing the team from New Brunswick over lunch, I was able to sit down with the founder of the Hip Hop Youth Research and Activism Conference. She explained why centering student voice is at the heart of her work. I am Lauren Kelly. I'm an assistant professor at Rutgers Graduate School of Education. This conference grew out of a class that I taught 
at a high school in New York. So I taught a hip hop literature course and it was in the suburbs and I realized it was just difficult for my students to really connect to the work. And so I wanted to connect the students in my classroom to other young people who are doing this kind of work around hip hop and social justice and spoken word. What I think is really powerful about work like this, the work that you know, the young people are doing in New Brunswick, is that it's really student-centered. It's not just, you know, the students spoke in class a little bit. It's not just their activities and it's fun. I think fun and engaging aren't the same as raising student voice or centering student voice um, and especially centering their knowledge. And so I think the difference between we had a Socratic dialogue in class and students doing research and presenting on their community is that it's about their knowledge, their wisdom, their intellect, their research skills, their presentation skills, their facilitation. And so so much about that that really starts to disrupt the very traditional notion we have of schooling and who has the wisdom and who's responsible for teaching. For me, personally, all this ties back to KRS, who is an MC, and he was a part of the Universal Zulu Nation and they came up with the elements of hip hop in terms of having language around it. The fifth element is knowledge. And so connecting it to things like research, and that's why it's, it seems disparate and disconnected because we think of hip hop as the music, we think of it as sound, we think of it as the stuff on the radio or now on the internet. So it's easy to forget that when sort of you see the elements visually, knowledge is placed at the bottom because it's like Maslow's you know, hierarchy of needs, right? That that's the first thing and everything is built, it's resting upon knowledge. And so doing research on our communities, you know, this group researching desegregation and segregation in the schools that they're in, they're literally looking at the past of their community to better understand how it is where it is and then how do they make changes for the future, which is an incredibly powerful thing for anyone to do, but especially students, right? One of the many ways that the New Jersey Department of Education elevates student voice is through its State Board of Education student representative. The 2018-19 representative sat down with the podcast and shared practices she feels are important. My name is Nora Fabrizani. I'm from Ocean City School District and I'm currently a senior at Ocean City High School. For the past year, I have been sitting on the State Board of Education as the permanent student representative. I've been giving reports monthly and giving input on different discussions throughout the year. I became involved with the Department of Education through the New Jersey Association of Student Councils, which is an organization where all the student councils in New Jersey come together and have an executive board of students who run the organization for the year. I personally felt inclined to run for the position of State Board of Education representative because I wanted to make a change. The key to student voice is knowing that you have one. I think a lot of students don't realize that they have the power to change things or have the power to speak on things that are going on in their school because they're not a teacher, they're not an adult, they're not an administrator, they're not a parent, and they think that their voice isn't heard. And I just wanna make sure that everyone knows that that's not true and that I think that students are what the school is. So if your students care about something and your school isn't focusing on it, I think they're doing the wrong thing. And I think the amount of student voice that isn't heard around the state is really a shame because they're the future and they're experiencing it currently and we should value their experience more. So I want to encourage all the students and teachers around the school to really hone in on that and allow students that opportunity. One of the main things that has helped our school climate is that we have two vice principals, one who is particularly in charge of the student events 
and student organizations. And so every single student in the school knows that that's our key point person. If we have an issue, common complaint, concern, something regarding an event, a student, something like that, that's one of the things that really helps us keep things rolling in the school and brings our ideas to the forefront. Also, we have a student wellness center. You can go in there if you're like, feeling like you want to talk to someone, but also if you wanted to start like a program. I know in the last year we had someone who started an initiative to have a stress less week right before finals, which is going on now. So the sophomore class council in conjunction with the wellness center and the administration has been having dress up days, awareness meetings, different stuff like that to try to reduce student stress and make an overall more calm environment going into finals. As Nora shares in this next segment, the hiring process in her district showcased student voice. She was able to engage with other students in the decision process for who their next teachers would be. I've been in about five, I think, teacher demo lessons um, involved in the hiring practice. And I think it's actually a really awesome process. I know that a couple of the ones I've been in were classes that were outside of my comfort zone, and some of them were more things that I was interested in. And I know when they selected the students, they wanted some who were just like general students and some who were like in the specialized field. So I did one for a choir teacher. I'm not a singer at all. You don't want to hear me sing ever. But there were also some choir students there, so I think it was a good mix of opinions. They asked the potential candidate to leave the room, and we would have five to ten minutes for us to just give our first impressions, our opinions, and then they would ask us follow-up questions like, how did you feel about this component of it? Or what were your thoughts on blah, blah, blah? And we would answer back in how we thought the candidate was, and it wasn't a very intimidating environment. It was only a couple administrators and hiring people, not a whole room of like ten people, so it was very easy to share how you felt and feel like you were being heard. During the last DOE Digest episode, we focused on educators at the SEL Forward Conference. This episode, we were focused on a group of student presenters and the educational leaders who attended with them. So I'm Miss Sarah from the Western Regional School District. <laughs> ready to go? Yes. Okay. Alright, ready, set, go. Go! <laughs> Hello, we're from the West Windsor Plainsboro Regional School District. I'm Shreya and I'm in 10th grade. I'm Maya and I'm also in 10th grade. I'm Panishri and I'm also in 10th grade. I'm Isha and I'm in 8th grade. I'm Kabir and I'm also in 8th grade. I'm Smriti and I'm also in 8th grade. So you're all here and you did something at lunchtime. Can you just tell me a little bit about it? Yeah, sure. So we got up on stage and we decided that we wanted to talk a little bit about mindfulness and how it ties in to social emotional learning and kind of to demonstrate the importance of mindfulness we did a mindful eating activity so we tried to tie in mindfulness into like empowering people to understand the importance of the present moment and how they can take advantage of it basically it's utilizing the five senses when you eat Wait, wait one second. I think I have some chocolate. Can I grab some? Yes. And then you can walk me through it. All right. Yes, let's see. Yes, yes. All right. Give me one sec. So walk me through. Take the chocolate and you place it in your non-dominant hand. Okay. So for me, that's my left. All Those right. of you listening, then... you can follow along as well. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you're gonna look at it. Yes. You're going to look at the wrapper. You're gonna look at the colors on the wrapper. Hmm. And then you're gonna take the chocolate and you're gonna bring it up to your ear and you're going to unwrap it near your ear so that you can hear the crinkle of the wrapper as you do it. So you can hear the 
crinkle crinkle of the wrapper as you try to open it. And once you're done with that, you're going to bring the chocolate up to your nose and you're going to waft it. You know, take the flavors all in. And then this is the hard part. You take the chocolate and you place it in your mouth, but you don't eat it. And you're gonna kind of let it hang out there and just don't chew it. And you try to take in all the sensations, all the flavor. You try to see like, how has the texture changed from when it was outside in your hand versus how it's inside your mouth. And finally, when it feels a little awkward that food is just sitting in your mouth, you can chew it and eat it as you normally would. We really do miss out on a lot of flavors and sensations um, because a lot of us don't really prioritize eating. Mm. And also it's an excuse to eat chocolate. This is really important because in schools and in work, during lunchtime is we're like, okay, let's do work. We None of us really focus on the food and we're all really stressed out. So if you can't do yoga or do something that's like formally mindful, just taking two minutes out of your day to take a piece of food in front of you and feel it and hear it and actually eat the food, it helps you calm down and de-stress. So that's a really important thing. And that's why we did it because to value the food we're given. Seeing the teachers that, that work with you, what, what advice would you have? So, hi, I'm Shreya, and one of the strategies I like best is gratitude journaling. So, like, when you're having um, a stressed-out moment and you're feeling really pressured and maybe even panicked, one of the best things to do is just think about what you're grateful for. It really helps you relax and come back to the moment. I'm Maya. And a strategy that I use a lot um, is using the glitter jar. Normally, even if people know about the strategy, they think it's for younger kids, but I actually find it really helpful. So uh, with a glitter jar, which is basically just glitter, water, and maybe some glue in a jar, you shake it up first, and that's supposed to represent your thoughts swirling around in your head. It's kind of chaotic in there. But then, as the glitter gradually settles down, you can imagine your thoughts settling down as well. And this strategy is just really helpful for me to recenter and focus my thoughts on one thing. Hi, my name's Isha, and one of the things that I do to de-stress is uh, practicing my instrument or just listening to music in general. Mindfulness is something that should be catered to yourself since not every single strategy works for every single person. For example, meditation might not work, bullet journaling might not work, Hi, I'm Kabir, and something I wanted to bring up for a lot of teachers, a lot of people spend their, enti uh, their entire day on autopilot. If you've ever, uh, if it's a weekend and you've ever gotten into your car around the time when you go to school every day for work, have you ever just started driving and ended up outside of your school, taking into consideration and paying attention to at least one small action every day is very helpful. Whether it's brushing your teeth or washing your hair, things like that, it can be very helpful and allow you to de-stress. I'm Smriti and I agree with all of you guys. Like these methods I use in real life as a student, I would want to practice mindfulness with my teachers who teach me like social studies and math so I can see them in a different light than just someone who writes on the board and helps me learn. My name is Dr. Shauna Carter and I am the principal of Community Middle School. And I am Dr. Rebecca McClellan Crawley and I am a teacher resource specialist for gifted and talented at Community Middle School. As educators, we have a lot on our plate. And when we hear from our kids, we need to prioritize that. 
And when the kids say that they're stressed, that they can't handle certain things, then we need to make room on our plate. Our kids want to please us and they don't want to disappoint us. So when they are feeling this way, it is taking everything in them to become vulnerable and say, I need help. They value their peers more than anything. So the fact that we do these presentations with our students, it's because our students listen to other students. And so if it works with their friends, they're more likely to get on board with different things um, and feel less shame and stigma because of it. So again, it's really using that student voice for everything. How do we find out what our students are feeling? We ask them. I ask them to let me know some of the things that they wish they could tell their teachers but couldn't. And I had them write it up anonymously on a whiteboard in my room. Uh, one that really stuck with me was that a student felt like they could not get through the day without breaking down and that the pressure to be perfect and the anxiety was driving them to the point where they just could no longer do what we do of powering through the day. And it really resonated with me of if this is one student that feels this way, then clearly there are many more. So why are we here today? Mm -hmm. We are here today because we have some amazing students who identified that there was a social emotional well-being breakdown in the system and not just in West Windsor but around the world and they also realized that they were not uh, being tapped into as a resource and they wanted to solve the problem or at least have a seat at the table mm -hmm. and become credible experts in it so for four years they've been researching they've been working with stakeholders and experts psychologists and psychiatrists dr vo in canada who wrote mindful teen they've been working with different mindfulness groups uh, just to learn the variety of strategies that could be used it's important as educators to keep in mind that all student voices need to be heard if due to students race gender identity language background sexual orientation etc their voices are marginalized that puts up a huge roadblock. Equity work that lasts allows students from minoritized backgrounds the freedom to lead the work on topics that are meaningful to them in ways that elevate their voices and in venues they feel comfortable with. Please join us to talk about this and many other topics around student voice at our third Tuesday hashtag NJEdPartners Twitter chat. We'll be talking on July 16th, 2019 at 8.30 p.m. We hope that you're able to make time on your calendar to talk with us as a statewide professional learning network. We look forward to continuing to connect and engage with you about educating the 1.4 million students around the state and hope to talk to you on the hashtag NJEdPartners third Tuesday Twitter chat. You can subscribe to the podcast channel for DOE Digest through your iPhone, in the Apple Podcast app, or wherever else you listen to podcasts so that you can get new episodes when they are released. Also, please leave us a review through the Apple Podcast app on your iPhone. It is the best way to help new listeners find us. Neither the New Jersey Department of Education nor its officers, employees, or agents specifically endorse, recommend, or favor views expressed by those interviewed. Discussion of resources are not endorsements. Thanks so much for listening.